0: So I've got all sorts of tools that go out and scour the Internet for articles on podcasting. And an article came up that was titled A Reflection on Five Years of Podcasting. And the author was Leslie Thompson. And I was like, hey, I know her. And there's a lot of great lessons in that article. So I brought her on today so we could learn together. And the one lesson is doing a podcast is not a waste of time. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, this is where we talk about planning, launching, growing, and if you want to, monetizing your podcast. Today, we're talking with Leslie Thompson about... When you start a podcast, what happens if it doesn't work? Did you waste all your time? And it's a really interesting conversation. And so with that, everything we mentioned today, because she, you know, here, let's do a spoiler alert. She's starting a new podcast. It's called Niche to Meet You. Hope you guessed my name. Yeah. Uh, That's actually nothing. It's just Niche to Meet You. Sorry. Just random Mick Jagger explosion there. And uh, I'll have links to everything we talk about out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 909. Here is Leslie's story. One of the questions you have to ask when you're starting a podcast is why are you doing this podcast? And look, we all would not turn down money. We like monetization. But one of the things about Leslie, she is a very creative person. So this was her mm-hmm. Why?
1: It was less about the show itself, which is probably step one of something to reflect on, but more about the craft of it, to be honest with you. I love the creation process of the podcast because it involves so many things. It involves the recorded medium, so my voice, other people's voices— It involves cutting that up and putting it in different places. It involves finding the right music to underscore. It involves a lot of things that through the course of my life, leading up to the podcast, my first podcast, I was either being educated on or I was doing for fun. It just, it brings a lot of things together in in one medium. And I, so I wanted to get into podcasting. I really wanted to find a way to Monetize that work somehow, get paid for it. I, I had just gone freelance and I wanted to get into podcasting, but I needed to learn how to do it. <laughs> um, and all of the sorts of nuts and bolts. And so the show itself, the creative for the show just kind of arose out of what was around me and what I was, you know, struggling with at the time, what I really wanted to find answers for the stories I was trying to seek out to start building a concept of how I wanted to exist in the world in my new freelance reality. And so it it kind of arose out of all of those things. I see it as an art form and that's what compelled me to do. It was just this itch that I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about.
0: And so I brought Leslie on because she wrote this awesome article called a reflection on five years of podcasting. And I met Leslie years ago. She was on the podcast review show with myself and Eric K. Johnson. That's a show we do. If you want to have somebody listen to your show and give you feedback, but this article, again, my background's in, in teaching. So when somebody says, here's what I learned, you've piqued my interest, And so I asked Leslie, so what did you learn? Well, so much,
1: I think my big takeaway, and, and I will say this too, I, I tend to come at anything with a lot of strategy and it gets me into trouble sometimes depending on who I'm talking to. If you talk to someone who's purely about the craft strategy feels like selling out to them. You talk to people who are purely about strategy. You're never thinking strategically enough, you know, so I've, I've had to be pretty careful with how I share what I share, but I find a lot of creativity in strategy does it always work? Not necessarily because socials are constantly changing and I, I don't, I don't even claim to do them well, but I do love thinking about when will this part of the story hit and how am I going to share that with people? And so I, I tend to come at things very strategically. So when I reflect on a five year process of learning a craft, I tend to think about, well, how was the strategy? How was the thought behind it? Cause Dave, you and I both know that so many people want to start podcasts. And don't think strategically about it or don't think strategically in the right ways. And I think one of my major shortcomings from the beginning was falling into thing the thing that I think a lot of new podcasters fall into is, well, this shows, I just want it to be for everybody. Like, I want everybody to listen to it. And I just want to interview interesting people. In fact, the subtitle of my uh, first podcast was Extraordinary People Doing Fascinating Things. Doesn't that sound like every show you've ever heard? And But I had to start somewhere. So I I defend myself. I was just going to do 10 episodes because I just wanted to get my feet wet. And I knew at some point this was not going to be an ongoing show. So I rebranded it halfway through to be 22 extraordinary people doing fascinating things. And it became a limited series. And that was a strategic call. So when I look back, I think one of the biggest things I've learned is you must have a very strong premise for your show not just so that people will listen to it and know what they're expecting to get out of it, but so that you as a creator know what you're chasing and you have that forward motion and motivation. Because if if you don't know what your show's about and it's not specific, you will eventually get tired of the fact that you don't have as much streams as you want. You will bemoan the fact that nobody's talking about it, nobody's paying attention. If you don't love the thing and feel strongly about it, you just won't continue. And I've seen it over and over again. I felt it in myself. And so I think that's one of the main things I've learned is chase the point of the thing, not what comes out of the thing.
0: Think of it this way. Instead of saying, I want to lose weight, don't focus on just losing weight. Focus on the things that lead to losing weight. Focus on eating less, exercising more, getting plenty of sleep, drinking water. So instead of focusing on being the most downloaded show, maybe focus on being the most talked about because the most talked about shows end up being the most downloaded shows. And speaking of shows that are talked about a lot,
1: because everybody wants to be Joe Rogan, but you know, the 30 years that Joe spent leading up to his show is a a massive amount of time and B completely feeds into what his show is at the moment. So I think gone are the days of starting a show from scratch just because you want to talk to people and think your voice is pretty cool. That's not compelling enough to keep it going.
0: And so many try to be the next Joe Rogan. I always say, be yourself. It's way easier to be yourself. It comes to you naturally. And when you try to do something that is not yourself, well, physical things might actually happen.
1: I would self-edit my voice lower to this sort of like NPR thing as a basis instead of using it as a dynamic or a color to add, it became my basic voice and it actually ruined my voice for a hot second. I, I developed MTD, muscle tension dysphonia. I was putting so much pressure on that apparatus, on my larynx, that all the muscles around it just got contracted. And if you think of the that apparatus as like a donut, mine was scrunched because of how much the muscles had had worn Um, and were inflamed. And that was because I, I wasn't comfortable with how my voice sounded. And it turns out I was speaking about a third lower than what I should have been, but I was just so insecure about how high my voice sounded. But once I learned I was actually hurting myself, I adjusted and I decided that I have to learn to accept it and love it.
0: And if you're having a hard time accepting your voice, remember this.
1: Kristen Chenoweth is probably one of the most well known Broadway singers of all time. And she has this voice that you either love it or hate it, but it's her. She doesn't apologize for it. And that was a turning point for me where I went, I have to embrace this. Otherwise, I am going to not be able to do what I want to do. And so I'm embracing who I am in all of those ways. I'm embracing how my voice sounds. I'm embracing the weird ways I talk. I'm embracing just like fun things that I pick up along the way that I want to throw into my own narration that I pushed back on a little bit with the Rogue Ones.
0: One of the things I thought was cool was during those five years, Leslie was experimenting to find out what's working. We talk a lot about cross-promotion with other podcasts. Leslie was cross-promoting on her own podcast.
1: I would go back and redo the master's to like plug in a mid roll to say, Hey, if you're loving this part of our conversation, you will love this episode with this person. Cause I'd look at the stats and I had one guest who was at the time armchair expert, Dax Shepherd's armchair expert had just launched. And he has Monica Padman, who's the co-host, but at the time she was just like a fact checker producer and it had just launched. So I reached out to her to come on my show and she did so people were Googling her as that show's ramping up, finding my episode. So I would see in the stats that they'd, you know, that was always gonna be far and away the most, but I was not seeing anyone that was listening to a whole bunch of them. I went into Monica's first and I said, okay, what's the interesting thing about this 10 minutes? What's the interesting thing about this 10 minutes? And then started adding mid-roll ads to say, if you like this, find that. And I started to see a little bit more of people listening to other episodes When they start with Monica.
0: And remember, Leslie started with this tagline.
1: Extraordinary people doing fascinating things.
0: And after some tweaking and some feedback, she started to really find what was working.
1: So it was people who were doing really unconventional things. And so I eventually did find the thing that I would hear people. And I know what these people's lives looked like. And they would come to me and they'd say, I love when. Andy and Charlie were talking about how they were able to use their physical location and what they loved in one thing. And it started me thinking, how could I do that one day? You know, so I started to learn the people that I was attracting and I started to cater to them in real time. But I didn't begin that way. And she realized she had a little bit of a branding problem. I called the show The Rogue Ones, which is fine, except there was just a Star Wars movie called Rogue One and people got confused and it was confusing. The branding, uh, I, I couldn't get past it. It was it was hung up from the beginning and the name and all the things. And I was basically playing off of Star Wars movie, which I don't know, it, it just felt very impossible to get over. So that's a little bit why I made it the limited series.
0: And you heard that right. Your show doesn't have to go on for 18 years if you don't want it to. But there was a a paragraph in this article, and again, I'll have a link to that out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 909, and she says, but there was a sadness in those tears talking about shutting down her show, because while I knew it was good, it wasn't enough. It would only go as far as my arms could reach. It wouldn't be heard by many people. It wasn't enough for my time to be compensated. I wasn't getting more podcast work. I wasn't making better things. I pitched the show for a couple of radio stations, but got no bites. I had nothing to show but this gorgeous and delightfully functional website with hours of finely crafted audio vignettes. It was hard to look at. How did this thing that was so good result in nothing? And she goes on later, she says, and it was rejected. And that means I was rejected. All of it was wasted. And then she said a couple of months ago, five years after looking at it for the last time, I revisited the podcast site. It's still there, just as it was when I left in 2019. And she now realizes it wasn't all a waste.
1: When I wrapped it up, I spent a few years taking those skills and working for other people. And in, in all different podcast capacities, from creating the graphics and branding, to just being the one to distribute the thing once it got done, to editing the thing, to hosting the thing. I mean, lots of different roles. The word producer covers a wide spectrum. And so I did a lot of different production in different ways. So when I go back to revisit it, I mean, the amount of time that I spent on it is evident the, the website I think is I stand behind my website design. I built that kind of from the ground up. I mean, it's Squarespace, but I did a lot of customizing. I went all out. I did all the right things. I did all the redirects. I did the links at the bottom to listen to other episodes that were like it. And that was all manual by the way, no like tags were being automated on that. It was just me Boeing. This is a lot like this. So let me put that there. I did it all right. And it's beautiful. And I can recognize that now.
0: And there are so many people who have been thinking about launching a podcast for years, and Leslie actually did it, and that should never be underestimated.
1: There's a deep theology in how we look at our art as being um, beautiful just because it is. That's a lot of reckoning with oneself to go, you know, I have a lot of insecurities, and I am often afraid of what people will think of my art, but I completed it. And I did it. I'm so proud of it. And it wasn't wasted. I still, I use so much of what I learned during that show daily, all the time.
0: And one of those skills is editing.
1: There's a trial and error period of listening to yourself, listening back to interviews, cringing. I've heard my voice for long enough now, Dave, where I don't cringe at my voice anymore. And it was even before podcasting, to be honest with you, because of my background in music, I've been listening to my voice in videos for years and years and years. So I didn't have that hump to get over, but a lot of people have that first hump where they're just like cringing at their voice. My cringing was just like the the verbal confirmations, the mm's and the yeah and the whatever. And even still, I'm editing a lot of those things out. When I listen back through tape, but at the beginning, ooh, buddy, ooh, buddy,
0: and this is where if you can enjoy the process, the creation process, you last much longer as a podcaster. There's a lot to learn there.
1: It is such a wide spectrum of how you can go about editing, but a lot of that is self-editing, and when you listen through to hear yourself talk and you know narration, recording your intros. You start to learn what your voice is, what your rhythm is, how you like your pacing and, and how you like your inflection, all of that. There are so many things that you can learn from doing things wrong.
0: And that is the phrase that pays. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 908. That was last week's episode. We learn by doing things wrong.
1: And learn how to do them more effectively and the way that you like to do it. And I find a lot of excitement in that. For that reason alone, it wasn't wasted.
0: In just a second, Leslie's going to share a really cool, because of my podcast story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, one of the biggest benefits of podcasting is you get to build your network.
1: If you say you have a podcast, people might listen a little more to talk to you. And there were a few people that I just wanted to talk to, dadgummit. I wanted to talk to Lance Mackey, who is this legendary dog sled musher that I'd been following for years. Turns out he was like the easiest guest to book I also wanted to have fun with it. And for me, having fun was talking to people who have given me a lot, whether they knew it or not. In fact, I was on your show. You have a segment that's like, because of my podcast, I. And I actually ended up at the 2020 rod with Lance and his team because I had had that interview with him a couple of years before. Yeah, it's not wasted from that aspect either. You, I gained such immense life experience, and, and joy from the show that I wouldn't have had otherwise.
0: And of course, those skills that she acquired led to things like this.
1: I have been working on podcasts for the last several years as a producer in various ways that I, I shared earlier. But I've got a couple shows that I'm now in more of a senior producer role, where I'm I'm helping the host and the executive producers form the thing, craft the thing, which is very fun because I'm like a 30 rock nerd. I love the idea of being in the SNL writers room. And so the senior producer role feels like that to me, where you're sitting with the host, you're throwing out ideas, you're trying something, you're making edits, you're getting them rejected. You're trying again. I really like that. And what's great is my face isn't on it. So I can just have this joyful experience of helping bring this thing into the world.
0: And we've heard Leslie is an artist. She loves to create. And let's face it, once you once you get that podcast bug, it's hard to not have a show. And so Leslie has released a new show.
1: I am doing a show called Niche to Meet You, which is about the hobbies and the niche subcultures that are saving our lives. Honestly, the Surgeon General actually has a campaign out this year talking about how loneliness And isolation is higher than ever before. And the only way we can fix it is through being with other people. And hobbies is one of the main ways that we can do that.
0: In fact, the U.S. Surgeon General put out a report this year saying that there is an epidemic of loneliness. And so your podcast can actually help that. And this is perfect. As I record this, it's in December. Wait till you hear how Leslie is launching her show.
1: I'm putting out a couple teaser episodes uh, for the Christmas season about the people who play professional Santas. I went to a Santa lunch and I met like black belt Santas and military Santas and just and the amount of tears and heart in that Santa lunch. It was pretty powerful. That's going to be a sort of teaser. And I'll do a fuller in depth on that next Christmas
0: And as she continued to talk about the new show, you really hear her why. We talked about that at the beginning of the show. Here you can hear her why coming out through her passion.
1: I think all of us, myself included, you know, our family had a number of losses over the last couple of years and my output has reflected that. But it's also, there's a part of me that just, I delight in joy. I love humor. I love levity. I love happy and bright and that's been missing for a while. And I think for all of us, it's true with COVID and everything that we've all gone through the last several years. And I I sense around me this need for joy. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm going to this new era about joy. And so this new show is for the people that want to know about the niche subcultures all around them and ask further questions. And I'm so excited about it, Dave. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm so excited.
0: And so I always say... You can actually get paid in fun. The other night I'm learning Ecamm live and I'm matching it with a stream deck. And I was up till probably two in the morning the whole time going, Dave, you're sick. You should be in bed right now. I didn't care. I was having so much fun going, "Ooh, looky, if I push this button and that button, I was having a blast and I can't wait to now use these tools in creating a podcast. That was fun. You can get paid in fun. And so I often, you know, you'll hear me say, there's that one guy that like, it's my art, man. Yeah. And in some ways, it's also the
1: cheapest therapy you will ever get. I have bemoaned the fact over the years that, like I said, I'm not doing music or I'm not throwing myself into writing completely, or I'm, it doesn't actually matter what it is I'm doing, Dave. I just have to be doing something and it all scratches the itch. Podcasting right now is where I'm putting my focus and And it's present in other ways outside of my own show. And I'm thankful for that. But I just, I just need to be creating something. I need to be, I need to be working at the wheel, you know?
0: I was playing the guitar in bands when I was 15 years old and I did it for about 40 years. And I think the reason I don't miss playing in bands, I still do a little bit, but the reason I'm not really jonesing for that is because podcasting scratches many of the creative itches I have. And so I asked Leslie, I'm like, what are you going to be doing different with this new show?
1: I think there's a heart behind the idea of this shows for everyone that makes sense. But then it ends up diluting the thing to the point where it's not for anybody. You know, if it's for everybody, it's not for anybody.
0: And she's going to do some things differently technology wise. When she was doing that cross promotion, she basically went back and re-recorded some of her episodes and now
1: i'm going to do dynamic ad platform not for ads or monetizing i would love to monetize don't we all but that's not my expectation just so that i can be more fluid with if i start hearing from people oh i love this episode because xyz i want to be able to in the moment add something to say oh hey this episode's coming up and it's going to be cool for this reason so I, I didn't use any of that last time because I don't know that actually that there were any platforms, other than like pro level platforms, that were actually available to me five years ago. And now I'm on I'm using Captivate, uh, for niche to meet you, which has a pretty great built-in dynamic ad platform uh, that is an extra. And
0: one thing I believe that you need as a successful podcaster is the ability to listen to your audience and have the attitude that maybe I do need to tweak some things. And one of the scariest things you can say to me, and Leslie and I got caught up with each other. We probably talked for probably close to an hour. And one of the things she said was, oh yeah, when you were in Nashville once you did a live podcast rodeo show. Now the podcast rodeo show is a show where I grab a random podcast and see how long I can hang on And so when somebody says, oh yeah, I was on the podcast rodeo show, I'm always thinking, do I cover my face or my midsection? Where is she going to kick me or hit me first? And that's not her attitude at all.
1: Simon Cowell, you know, obviously he's put there for reasons, but my mom and I would watch Simon and I grew up, I grew up on stage in theater. So like notes, I always wanted notes because I wanted to know how I could be better. I loved Simon because you could tell When he was saying something because he really wanted this person to be better. And by the way, that was most of the time. All his mean audition comments, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's for ratings. But when you actually got to the heart of it and you had people who should be there and who had talent, everything he said, even the mean things had a point. And those are the people I've always wanted to work with. True story. I went to speech camp two years in a row over my summer break in high school for competitive speech. Which shouldn't be a surprise as I am a podcaster now. But I wanted the first year, actually, both years, I went with the sort of meanest, gruffest guy that was like smoking between breaks because I wanted that. I wanted that opposite of me, honestly, to to show me things that I wasn't seeing. And that's why I really wanted to put my show in podcast rodeo because I I felt like you were going to say this unfiltered thing that was like, here's how I could make it better. And you did. It was super helpful. I mean, you were like, okay, you've been talking for 10 minutes. When are we getting to the actual heart of the content? If this guest is so awesome, where are they? You know, it is super helpful for me to hear because I'm trying to like establish myself as this voice and podcasting. And it's like, hey, get to the meat. We're waiting through gravy here. Where, where's the turkey? So you didn't say anything that hurt my feelings. I'm here, obviously.
0: And speaking of American Idol, one other thing that Leslie is up to is she made a video with an old college buddy where they kind of cinematic redo songs. Let me give you a sample here. so amazing is Leslie's like, I don't know, four foot seven. Okay, she's not that short, but she's she's a little thing and this giant voice comes out and so that's with her buddy uh, Slick Times. That's DJ Slick Times and I'll put a link to that video and that's the whole thing. We always think, if I just had this piece of equipment, if I just had that I would do it, but I don't have blank. Listen to how they made this video.
1: You know, the song's hook is You're Not Alone. There's more to this I know. And I thought it was a really interesting parallel to the fact that this song was created completely in isolation, where DJ is just sitting at his computer alone, except for me, the vocalist and the cellist. But most of it's just spent sequencing, finding the right virtual instruments to make the thing. Had a great time. I edited the video. We had somebody colorize it. So it just kind of made it better. But we we did it all with iPhone cinematic mode, uh, which which looks beautiful, by the way. And... It was a blast.
0: And again, it sounds weird. You can get paid in fun. And I realize that they don't take fun as currency at the grocery store. But there are many times in my life when I would have loved a little more fun. So if you go out to school slash nine oh nine, I will have a link to the article. I'll have a link to her old podcast, The Road Ones. I'll have a link to her new podcast, Niche to meet you dot show is her website. I have a link to that awesome video. You got to hear this girl sing. It's amazing. She's an amazing person. That's really all there is to it. And so, Leslie, thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, Dave. I love I love following you and all you're up to and grateful to be here and happy to talk to anybody, you know, who might be trying to slog through this art form. You know, I've I've found that people, other people who are doing it and willing to talk to me have been such a help. So... Um, just reach out.
0: And again, everything's at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 909. So just to give you a little more behind the scenes here, in addition to to hosting podcasts, Leslie is a podcast, as she mentioned, and radio producer, currently senior producer for Christianity's Today Holy Curiosity podcast. The Living Church Podcast, she's worked with the Rabbit Room Podcast Network, No Small Endeavors Podcast, and Radio Show, and Sandra McCracken's Steadfast Podcast, Through Christianity Today. And so again, I'll have links to all of her stuff out at the website, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 909. But again, the reason I brought her on here today is sometimes your podcast just doesn't work. And or it doesn't work as much as you wish it would work. And I always point at Mignon Fogarty, who you might know as Grammar Girl, and she actually had so much success, she ended up on Oprah back when there was an Oprah. But and they're like, wow, that's so cool. She's she's Grammar Girl. I mean, yeah, Grammar Girl was her second podcast. So keep that in mind. If for some reason you started a podcast, maybe it was a couple of years ago and you're not even getting paid in fun anymore, well, okay, let's figure out what would be fun and maybe do that. But in the end, you walk away from a podcast with that learning curve that you will not have to go through anymore. PSA, it is the holidays as I record this, and I just want to remind you, at least in the U.S., I'm not sure if this works overseas, but if you're having a bad day, you can dial the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline by just dialing 988. You can actually call them on the line. They'll ask you to press 1 for the Veterans Crisis Line or 2 for Spanish. Uh, you can also text 988. 988. You can also visit 988lifeline.org and actually just chat with someone online. If you're struggling, there is help available. Use 988. Speaking of PSAs, if you plan on launching, like doing the big push, hey, here's my show, everybody come and get it. Remember, Apple goes on vacation from December 22nd to January 2nd. So you really kind of need to submit anything it could be a trailer anything uh, now because you want that to be if you want it to be ready in January like yesterday really uh, here's from their website new shows channels or subscriptions submitted during these windows may not be available within our regular time frame and responses to support inquiries may be slightly delayed plan accordingly and submit any new content with this in mind If you're thinking of starting a podcast, I would love to help you. That's what I do. The website, schoolofpodcasting.com. While you're out there, you can sign up for the newsletter. You can check out what gear I'm using. And, of course, you can sign up for the School of Podcasting worry-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and that'll get you access to the courses, the phenomenal podcasting community, and Unlimited one-on-one consulting with me. Use the coupon code LISTENER when you visit schoolofpodcasting.com. The School of Podcasting podcast is hosted by Dave Jackson. The producer is Dave Jackson. Our editor is Dave Jackson. Our guest booker is Dave Jackson. The artwork for today's episode was done by Dave Jackson with the original logo being done by podcastbranding.co. Our music supervisor is Dave Jackson. Uh, dave jackson's hairstylist is dave jackson the assistant to the hairstylist is dave jackson our wardrobe choice was by stevie wonder the official water bottle refiller is dave jackson this show is hosted on libsyn get a free month using the coupon code sop free and with that take care god bless class is dismissed show was called the rogues one that does not sound right great show prep it is the rogue ones well welcome to the blooper reel
1: Wow. My hobby is knowing and caring about other people's hobbies. At a casual dinner, I'm the one in the corner talking to a stranger about their plans to join an ultimate Frisbee competition, which are indeed real. And I do know someone who moved to another state just to be closer to a better team. Yeah, I love hobbies. I think they're fascinating. And I mean this without a hint of irony, life saving. Here's why. It begins with loneliness. The statistics on loneliness are shocking. The US Surgeon General released a report in 2023 and spoke with NPR's Juana Summers about his findings.
0: And I'm worried about this from a public health perspective because it turns out that being socially disconnected has real consequences for our health. It increases our risk of depression, anxiety, and suicide, but it also increases the risk of cardiovascular disease, of dementia, stroke, and
1: premature death, and while the covid nineteen pandemic didn't help, the report says that even before Covid, approximately half of u s. adults reported experiencing measurable levels of loneliness.
0: Hear the rest of that episode at niche to meet you dot show.